four, three, two, one. In my ideal future, I see a place, one high in the mountains, one filled with cool, crisp air, silence yet filled with knowing compassion or companionship. A tamed and cultivated garden in front of me, producing colorful, healthy fruit and beautiful aromas. A rising sun as I sit and notice that I am the one who cultivated the garden. I am at peace. I am not expecting from myself or others. I am satisfied with my work and not uneasy about things where things will go. Uh, I see a fire. I see people gathered around. We are laughing, happy to be around each other. All of them are free like I will be. We are the builders. I am engaged and easier, eager to talk with them. So that's my ideal future. And then you want to hear and hear my future to avoid. Oh God. Is this gonna be like is this gonna be like I, I hope I don't go on like a murder spree? Well it's so a future to avoid. Closed in a box with no way out. No air, no ability to control even my body. It's spiraling downwards and I can't stop it. I'm a minuscule insect caught in a tornado a rampant rampaging tornado. Those who see me laugh or spit. My body feels numb and my heart pounds. I doubt the words of what I say and the things I do. I hate what I see, yet I, kept look, I keep looking. I lie or deceive, yet only to be the one who is lied to. I walk endlessly and tirelessly down a path, yet when I finally reach the destination, I'm laughed at and told to turn around. I'm still being helped up, but with the knowledge that I'm a burden. Yet my load is too heavy, and if I'm not carried, I will be left and lost. I live with those who are older than me, but had to carry more at an age younger than I. I'm unable to pay for what I need, yet still spend money on those vices which are putting me into the state. I'm addicted. I am weak. I am dying. I hate the life I breathe for myself, and I hate life in general. Do you feel like both of those are very figurative? Yeah. Yeah. They're both... They're both not really descriptive. They're both like a complete imagery. Do you feel like it made your mind is able to like set up goals and establish an actual path for you to achieve yeah. the the state that you want to achieve? Well, the, the, so when I see, <clears throat> I see, I, th I think, I think in imagery, right? When I think of ideas, concepts, yeah. I think of imagery. So I have, I have strict goals. Like, Okay, I need to get my PTA certification. I need to get my trainer's license. I need to do XX and S. I need to say I have plenty of like tangible goals. Um, I have mid, I have short term, expedient, midterm, and long term goals all set up. I have all this shit set up. However, when right. you're talk, when I'm talking about my future, I'm not one of those people, and it's not a bad thing or a good thing. But I'm not who wants like a BMW, like a nice house. Like, it's not necessarily like, that. It's on. that I'm not, I'm not willing to contain something that. I <clears throat> no containment the future and the past i think joel's gone oh okay uh, the future and the past to me don't don't exist and it's it, this isn't some spiritual bullshit that i'm just spouting off it's it's i actually believe this and so when i think of the ideal future i can't there i don't have the capacity i don't have the capability to literally Say, okay, this is what I want. I want this. I want a BMW. I want a house. Because that, that's meaningless to me. Not necessarily from a materialistic perspective, but from a from a, a, a mental orientation aspect where I, yeah. it, it has it no pull because I don't know yeah. where I'm going to be. I, don't, I have no idea. Right. I don't know if I'll need a car. I don't know if I'll be in a relationship. I don't, I don't have any specific desire for a particular experience. I'm not trying to manifest something in my life. And so whenever I, I think of my ideal future, all I can all I can describe is sensations that I hope to feel emptiness, like coolness, crisp, um, sunset, sunrises high on a mountain. I feel that. And yeah. it's in those there it's, it's imagery. I just, what I'm talking about is like, how do you correlate that imagery into any any like goal, any any kind of like goal that you actually put forward in your life? Right? Well, if it makes me feel it's that, like wanting to... if it makes me feel that, and and because I've had I've had experiences, and I've had many of them, of both a future to avoid and the ideal future, where 
there's some, it just hit me out of nowhere and it's cool and I'm empty and I'll be in the fucking Florida heat yet something around me, it's cool and crisp and I'm empty. And there's, there's like a, there's like a, a, a silence around me that ha- is filled with, so it's, it's a mental state. I'm not describing and I'm not describing something I want or a goal. I'm describing a state of mind. Right. And that's the only imagery. Cause I can't technically, I can't really explain this stuff. It's not, I'm not really capable of putting it into words. So this is the best I can yeah. come up with, but what I'm describing is a, is a state of mind. And, and these, these imagery, the imagery comes from, what I feel when I've been in that state of mind before, you yeah. know, like, look, and especially the garden one, the garden one, it's not like actually a garden. I don't give a fuck if I actually have a garden, but what it's saying is, Oh dude, I want a garden someday. Well, yeah. I want to be a little garden. That'd be cool. But what it is saying is like, so I say I'm the one who cultivated <laughs> the garden or there's a garden in front of me producing colorful, healthy fruit and beautiful aromas. That's just imagery describing that whatever is in front of me at that time, I want to be, good and i want to be the person who built what you're 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 producing yeah. something you're working yeah. on something you're, and it, you're cultivating and something. it's producing yeah, colorful fruit and, and beautiful aromas so it's not like it's not like oh i actually want a garden in front of me and i want to be a high on a mountain that's not i i mean that was, that's <laughs> it's like i mean you can bad. do that right <laughs> it doesn't now doesn't sound bad it's not too bad uh, man. you could probably figure that out but right it's now. just imagery it's just imagery yeah. like it's metaphorical in nature kind of like kind of like the bible uh, you know, just my life is like the Bible. <laughs> hey, bro, relax, <laughs> but even bro, the future to avoid. In. And you know what's funny in, dog, is I read this and I was kind of like, fuck, I was there, dude. My body feel numb and my heart pounds. I wrote this years ago. And this is exactly what I went through. Uh, and I'm kind of still coming out of where I, I, I feel closed in a box with no way out, spiraling downwards. I can't stop it. Uh, my body field numbs and my heart pounds. I doubt the words I say. Like, I'm kind of going through this right now, uh, which is interesting. It's interesting that, um, I mean, not really interesting. It's more sad than anything, I would guess, that I somehow ended up in the future I wanted to avoid. <laughs> well, for now. Yeah, for now. And well, I guess you have to go through hell to get thing, that. That's the thing about our brains. I can't remember what it's actually scientifically called, but it's like, we are always stretching out exactly what we feel in the present moment forever in the future. Like we don't, our brains don't really have the ability to comprehend the fact that we're like, we're working on a wavelength that, that goes up crests and then comes down and dips and is constantly like going up and down the ebb and flow of life, you know, and you're just going to appreciate the next like crest so much more because you've dealt with this anxiety and, at the same time, like, I mean, the screw tape letters, or no, not the screw tape letters, uh, the great divorce, rather. And like other books talk about <clears throat> a lot of the time, like, I feel like the future I want to avoid, which I haven't done self authoring, but I'd like to, uh, the future I want to avoid is like, is like, you see those older people who are just like locked away. They're like locked away from the world. They're in a constant, like, they're constantly frowning. They're they're just they're they're behaviorally locked. Like I never want to be locked in the same path of behavior that somebody just. This is what I do. You know, it's Saturday. I'm gonna go get my coffee and then I'm gonna smoke a cigarette and I'm gonna, you know, whatever. I don't want to be like locked down. I don't want to be like pinned down in a box under a lock and key to like all my vices. Yeah. You know, and I mean, the Great Divorce talks about that. It's like. It's just like a series of like all of these little decisions that are selfish in motivation that send you on this line that is not parallel with the divine. And that when you're on a line and it's not parallel, it just keeps getting farther and farther and farther and farther and farther away from the divine. Yeah. I don't don't know. I I talked about, I actually kind of made a journal entry about this where, because the first day of sober October, I felt, I felt a, a glimpse of the the ideal future, right? So let's just describe it as cool, really? crisp, and empty. Um, and I felt some of that, and I and I started writing, and there was almost like a sadness that came along with it, because I started remembering all the other times in my life I had felt that feeling before, and 
I, I started thinking, how, how do you cope with the fact that this goes away, right? And let's say, let's say I yeah. live perfectly and I get that ideal future, right? And, and, but, but there's no way that that's sustainable. There's no way that, my, that life stays that way and doesn't go back to heavy and weighty and, and I feel suffocated and uh, I feel, you know, like I'm, I'm dying. There's no way that, because that's, that's technically the truth. And the feeling of the cool, crisp emptiness is actually a glimpse, a glimpse of the divine breaking in to the, the eternal, like the, the external world of suffering that we exist in. Because we're existing yeah. in. Or it's like, it's, like a, it's like, what do they call it in the great divorce? It's like even those in hell take like vacation. Yeah. Basically. They're able yeah, to exactly. They're in a miserable state for like a very short period so, of time. And, that, and that's... And I, I started thinking, like, how how do you cope with the fact that the, how how am I going to cope with the fact that this feeling is going to go? And even if I could somehow figure out a way to cultivate this experience to stay longer, right? Let's say two days at a time, two full days at a time, or a week or a month. Let's say I can I become enlightened and I can go years in that place. Eventually, yeah. you're eventually it's going to go. Like there's no way if you just ebb and flow, like things move, yeah. we're, we're a vibration. Humans, your, your mind is a frequency in itself. Like thoughts are a frequency and, and frequencies require, you know, movement and movement requires duality. And so if you, if you are feeling happy, the, the dual nature of happiness is sadness. And since your mind moves in a frequency, you know, you're going to have to experience both of those to exist. And, and yeah. So there's, I was just, I was just thinking, I was like, man, that's kind of a bummer. It's a real bummer. But, oh yeah, man. I've started to experience that too. It's like, I feel like when you're a kid and you're young, it's like the, the, each moment, the gravity of each moment is like utterly, it's like complete. You know what I mean? Like the gravity of your sadness yeah. is like, you're just you're just crying. You know, you could be a little kid and you're you're not getting mac and cheese for lunch. It's just like whoa, 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 whoa! I still cry because, if I don't get mac and cheese for lunch. Yeah, facts, bro. That's, <laughs> I, I, I feel you. Um, <clears throat> but you could just be like crying over over that, um, just because the gravity. But then the gravity of the high is complete. But now I've noticed, like, even in my like happiest states there's the shadow of the morrow that's like always on your mind. Yeah. Not you playing Skyrim. I mean? Call it morrow. Like say tomorrow. Don't call morrow. it morrow. Tomorrow. Dude, I'm trying to sound like a prophet right now, bro. All right. Relax. <laughs> you sound like I'm you've been playing too much fucking Skyrim is what you sound like. <clears throat> the shadow of the morrow. <laughs> anyway, keep going. the shadow of the morrow and dragons. There's, there's a, a dragon. dragon. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, no, I just I I relate to that. It's like the, I feel like the older you get, the more you see the pattern in your emotions, and the less you actually like are moved by them. That's why like Jordan Peterson talks about like meaning and purpose being what's important. Like people talk about trying to pursue happiness in a hedonistic sense. It's like, yeah, you're you kind of get used to all these emotions yeah. you're feeling. You kind of do at a certain point, and you need something deeper to carry you through the suffering of life. Yeah. I mean, it, the thing with pleasure, the problem with pleasure is uh, it's meaningless without without something more powerful to a, a, a scribe, describe meaning to it. So like you can have all the sex you yeah. want, but eventually if you have sex so much, sex loses any meaning and it, it does the opposite. Same with drug, everything, even water. You have too much water, it can kill you. There's mm-hmm. nothing in life that yeah. there's nothing in life that you has can't meaning. Have too much of outside of the, the the ability for humans to give it meaning like everything yeah. is subjective in the sense that um a computer doesn't matter yeah you know like a fucking starving child doesn't matter if there's no person around to or even the the kid itself to to, to experience that suffering right so obviously the sure. starving child does matter because the starving <laughs> child is experiencing that and it's suffering. So there's, there's meaning behind that in the sense that, you know, I was having discussion with, um, with uh, James and Jordan's dad, and we were talking about 
how society is too sensitive. And James made a point where he said, um, the, the, sen- the society being so sensitive is not actually a bad thing because we used to not be sensitive at all, right? Ancient humans, old humans, whatever you want to call them, they used to be the incorrect amount of sensitive. And we're just now wising up to how sensitive we need to be as humans, right? And, and so there's, there's, there's a balance in the sense that, um, you know, like we're, we, just, we just need to learn how we've been so bad before that and I was my point I was making was that well sensitivity and empathy without any true suffering produces it's actually a vice right just being sensitive for the sake of sensitivity if you're sensitive but nobody's actually suffering you're actually doing more harm than good right so some gay kid who thinks that they have a horrible life because uh, you know, their, their fucking friends at high school don't like them. They think they're actually suffering. They think they're actually going through some sort of real evil. They, they really do. They have this mindset that, oh my God, life is literally evil because these kids are making fun of me. When in reality, everybody gets made fun of. It's just, it's just the way it is. You, you could have not been gay yeah. and you're still going to get made fun of. And so being overly yeah. sensitive to somebody who doesn't need that is, is, uh, it's not, it's not a virtue, right? So sensitivity, <laughs> sensitivity well, I mean, in itself is not a virtue. Um, sure. and, and I was sure. saying that actually sensitivity with, without suffering. So, and then they disagreed with me on, um, how sensitivity doesn't actually need suffering. You don't need suffering for sensitivity to be, uh, to, to work. And my point was, well, let's look at Gandhi or mother Teresa, right? Cause we would all say that that is like a virtuous sensitivity, right? Mother Teresa. It's a great example. Right. I mean, obviously I don't know her. She could have been a real bitch, but from what I've heard, uh, she, she, you know, she was, she was awesome. And so she's a pretty good hallmark of an empathetic, caring person. The only problem is, is that in order for Mother Teresa to exist, in order for that light to exist, what first needed to take place was the people she helped. And the reason those people needed help was because they were suffering. So without suffering, you don't get Mother Teresa. They were disagreeing. So you're, you were arguing that there's a place for suffering. I'm, I was saying, yes, I was saying that I was saying that the idea that you should just be sensitive for the sake of sensitivity's sake without people really suffering is actually going to do the opposite effect. And we're seeing that in culture with. Well, yeah, I, I don't really, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, it seems like maybe they, they probably didn't really well, they did. agree with they, that. Oh, because... They said I was wrong. <clears throat> they were. Well, then they must. Yeah, have, like, that, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> if you're sensitive. To, They're not deep thinkers. Like dude. if you're sensitive to nothing, like the, Think uh-huh. about the word sensitivity and its, its definition. Like the word sensitivity is you're trying to get to a place of acuity um, to where you could, you're able to detect like suffering. That's technically what it means. Or you're able to detect something like sensitivity to X, Y, Z. It's just acuity to yeah. detection. Like, um, and the purpose of sensitivity culturally and, and like personally is so that you're able to detect suffering yeah. when it's there. The problem with being overly sensitive is you're constantly conjuring up, um, you're constantly conjuring up like really like <clears throat> you're constantly conjuring up these these issues that may terraform in your mind to be like this gigantic like giant of these kids who are bullying yeah. you at school. When in reality, if you just said, you know what, I'm going to look at like Alexander Solzhenitsyn, I'm going to look at anybody who's experienced real suffering before, who decided to say, okay, this is my burden. This is the issue. I'm going to take this. I'm going to use my individual freedom. I'm going to, I'm going to ignite the spark of the divine and I'm going to do exactly like the best I can with the scenario I'm given right now. 
Like that is what you know. Is it's funny. Thing. Oh, when people talk, like and and all of these things kind of like all of these these cultural these these ideas of like this is injustice, this is injustice, this is injustice. It kind of like disparages people from actually understanding that that's what yeah. life is about. It's about understanding this is my scenario, this is my burden, and of course I'm talking about this. Like my life is a fucking mess. I haven't done this yet, but like. <clears throat> I'm going to take my burden and I'm going to walk forward. I'm just going to deal with it. And I'm going to like do the best I can with the current yeah. scenario I have. And I'm not going to be just like, Oh, you know, the wage gap. Oh my God. I'm going to go get on yeah. the fucking welfare because I'm not going to be paid as much as a man. It's like, there's just too much shit out there that people are feeling that, 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 that suppresses that, desire like that's why i mean obviously that's why like jordan peterson is so impactful was so impactful with so many people is because he's just like no like life isn't about all of the issues that are impacting society knock you out. fundamentally it's about you as the individual knock you out. that's no joke picking up your burden ain't no joke yeah dude it, it's because we're bored i mean that's why we're we're playing so many video games and doing so much so many drugs we're bored we have no meaning there's no i don't have to work to survive even somebody who has to work to survive quote unquote in today's day and age doesn't actually have to work to survive like they're not going to die if they don't if they go a month without doing anything they just won't you, you, how many people do you see on the streets that have starved to death in america you don't you because no not starved actually, to do you have trap hands like, what are you talking well, maybe about not, yeah, you could not, literally not get, yeah you're not no, starving I, I, to death nor are you you're you're not dying of thirst point. And and so even people who we would consider, oh, they are fighting to survive, quote unquote, aren't actually fighting to survive. It's just that's just imagery that we're using. But ancient humans, people who were well off a couple hundred years ago, were actually still had to fight to survive. Even the rich people had to fight to survive every day. Uh, I mean, there was just there was just the disparity between and, and that's how in our there's something in our DNA that knows that and is. Um, it's still looking for, it's still look, cause that's meaning, right? Not only do you need to keep yourself alive, but you're going to have kids eventually because there's no birth control. And eventually you're going to have, you're going to get horny and it's probably going to happen when you're 14 or 15 and you're going to knock a girl up. And then that's, and then there's an instinctual urge to protect, uh, those kids and that woman. And now, you now literally not only does your life rest on what you do, but you have, four other people or three other people that life rests on your hands and it's immediate meaning it's instant meaning from the second you are your eyes open there is meaning in your life and nowadays meaning goes away by the time you're eight even younger now because of social media we we learn oh wow we're actually not special because you can see online how crazy other people are like you you know like there's back then yeah, the most, the, best. the, the, yes. the, the creative yes, the 1% is, is constantly. Not even just the creative. I mean, I'm not necessarily like, you can be beautiful. Yeah, not, not even special. that. It's just like yeah. the, the good looking. Uh, tall, gorgeous, athletic. Whatever. Like you just see how worthless you are all the time. And in 100 years ago, 200 years ago, yeah. you you were the fucking man. You know, like you had, you had 10 other dudes around yeah. you maybe within a span of 30 miles, but you weren't going anywhere. You weren't seeing there was every now and then was a freak. Uh, but then those people just worshiped them as a God. Right. And there, but there was no, there was no comparison because everybody was essentially average around you. Cause even if you had one freak of nature, that's still only one dude. And you have the rest of the fucking bums around you. Yeah. It's like nowadays you're, you're, most people, probably, I would say, a gigantic percentage of the population wakes up in the morning, especially in my and your generations, um, wakes up in the morning, picks up their phone, goes on social media, and is immediately confronted with the freaks of that yeah. time. You know what I mean? Like, every single freak of nature, you know, there's highlights from LeBron James. It's like, uh, do I want to go pick probably. up a basketball? It's like, I never well, I can, but like you, I do get your point. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah yeah it's and so there's there's a lack of it, it's and it's not necessarily 
it's but it's it's because it's intrinsic and this is why i literally hate living in this time period and i don't believe that living now is any easier because comfort being comfortable does not mean that things are easy right because at the end of the day what whether or not something is hard or easy comes down to your mind there's some people out there that can fucking climb up a mountain and it would be easy for them right However, you take that same task to somebody who eats Cheetos all day, and that task is literally impossible. And the the only difference is one has cultivated their body and mind to believe, hey, I'm capable of doing this. And the other person says, there's no way in hell I can do this. But and and so but comfort for both of those people would be sitting on the couch, not doing anything. Right. So so easy and hard and comfort like easy and comfort are not synonymous. They're not the same word. They're different words. They mean different things. And we live. Yeah, I mean, like. I was just saying, we live in a comfortable society. We live in a comfortable time period, at least Western civilization. And, and, and the Western, and most countries are becoming Westernized at this point. I mean, there's, there's, it's just happening. It's spreading like a disease because it's a, it's a mindset of materialism. It's the flesh. I mean, this is, we've been warned about this. Yeah. kind of mindset for a while and there's been lots of civilizations that have adopted it but if you read like even in the bible you read it what happens what happens to uh what is it sodom a babylon and, babylon. and uh gomorrah sodom and gomorrah sodom it's like yeah, sodom and gomorrah, yeah. they it that what what we learned is not necessarily that there's going to be a fucking finger that comes down and starts poking our, our towers down but eventually this shit will will crumble because you just can't live like this it's not it's not what we're designed for this comfort overindulgence yeah yeah i mean dude i i i mean i don't have any like huge point with this but like um the the hobbit and the lord of the rings especially the hobbit um and just like the call to adventure is so it's such a beautiful portrayal of the fact that comfort isn't exactly what everybody needs to be seeking because like Bilbo has this like hole this hobbit hole this lovely little house with like good food you know he's got a garden he's got like all of these symbolic yeah symbolic representations of comfort not only comfort all of these things and like the thing that the thing that makes the story the thing that breathes life into any of it is the adventure yeah. that he decides to go on it's like i hear yeah i don't know i just feel like everybody being surrounded by comfort 24 7 is definitely very cancerous and i don't know exactly where it's going to go but everybody should definitely like it's easier said than seek done adventure seek, seek adventure as much as you can in, but in think this, about it why this, but why this we're all gonna die right like and i understand the whole meaning thing but Hold, hold right. on, but there's right, two dude. voices. I'm not ready. There's two voices. For a there's there's two voices I, I hear, and 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 there is the one that I just went over. However, there's there's one that I think is also pretty powerful. Not just because, because logically and spiritually, sure, let's yeah, let's go with the first one. But in practice, in reality, there's two there's two voices that are 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 talking about this in 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 every human's head, right? And the first one, I think everybody knows that, hey, I need meaning in my life and I get meaning by accepting challenge. It's pretty basic. I mean, I, we knew even as kids, we know this when we're born. It's instinctual. We know this. However, there's also a pull the other direction. And the pull is way stronger because most people act it out. Right. And actions speak way louder than words. So it's one thing to, to sit here and, and talk about, oh, Jordan Peterson and, and logic and philosophy. And, but then there's another reality where okay but what is our action saying because our actions tell us what we really believe and my actions and i would say probably yours and i would say probably 99 percent of americans say the exact opposite where but i don't know if that's true but anyways the um the idea is that comfort's actually superior to meaning because at the end of the day we're all dying we don't really know where we're going we don't know what happens. Theoretically, nothing could possibly happen, meaning that nothing exists. Memories, concepts, they all go out the window. You stop being in, in entirety. That's, that's a possibility. Um, it, it just stops. It goes away, right? And if that's the case, 
why do anything? Right? Like this all stems from the fact that you're going to remember feelings when you die or when you go somewhere. And, and there's an aspect, well, well now, but if nothing, if nothing exists, then nothing has ever existed because time is not linear. It's circular. And so if at any point in time, time doesn't exist, then nothing has ever existed. You and I have never existed. If when you die, you don't remember anything, then me and you never had this conversation. Because if nothing ever exists at any point in time, then nothing has ever ex- is all that has ever existed. Well, I would say, I would say, like your entire argument stems from an assumption that can be defeated by the emotion and the the sense of purpose you get in your life from behaving certain ways. No, do you understand what I mean? Like. Your entire argument is is spawns from the assumption that, say, okay, death. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a possibility. It's not an assumption. It's like, it, I'm it, not it's assuming a, it's it. a possibility, but but I feel like it's a possibility that's almost kind of like defeated in the sense that there is this thing that we can tap into. There is this emotion, this 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 kind of like force that we tap into called purpose that suggests to all of us in our deep in our in the deep crevices I don't like thinking about your deep crevices it, it, it ignites yeah dude, I, got dude I, I got I got deep crevices um but it ignites like every mm-hmm. single yeah. part of our being at times and I would say that that is something that triumphs over any kind of like well, at the end of the day, we all die. So, like, comfort is basically like. Well, well you could say it like that, but I don't. I, die, th- so. That's that's straw man. What I'm what I'm saying is that if at any point in time. Okay, okay go pee, and then we'll talk about we'll we'll read Enoch for a little bit. Well, well, well hold on, but I want you to read. Okay, go pee. Then. Understand what you're trying to say. Hold on. Oh, we'll take a break. No! <laughs> uh. All right, I, I really want to get into this Enoch okay. stuff because I'm not really saying anything. All right, all right. So we're gonna we're gonna Let's start go. reading the sure. Book of Enoch, uh, and we'll just go we'll just go until we're done. But this shit's this shit's kind of mind blowing. It really is, and. Uh, we, well, I say like we just read, chapters? and then where we where we stop, we'll we'll pick up next next podcast. It's it's not long. It's not a long book. All right, so read, and then if we either of us yeah yeah yeah, thought, yeah. Just, just wait until I finish the sentence, and then kind of like <laughs> go in. No, right. no, Ready? I'm gonna cut you off. Verse one through nine. These are the words of the blessing of Enoch, as he blessed the elect and righteous who shall live in the days of tribulation, prepared for the removal of all wicked and ungodly men. In his speech, Enoch began by saying, There was a righteous man whose eyes were opened by the Lord, and he saw in the heavens a sacred vision which angels had shown me. And I heard from them all, and I understood what I saw. But it was not this generation that was to come, but a future generation. I spoke about the elect, and I spoke about them. The Holy One and the Great One will come out of his dwelling place. And from thence the eternal God shall walk upon Mount Sinai, and shall appear with his host, and shall appear from heaven in the strength of his power. Every creature shall be afraid and the watchers shall shake and the fear and great trembling shall take hold of them unto the ends of the earth. The high mountains shall be shaken and the lofty hills shall be laid low and the shell and, and shall melt like wax over fire. The earth shall sink and all that is in on earth shall be cut off and the judgment shall be upon all and upon all that is righteous, but he shall make peace for the righteous and shall, and shall keep his elect safe and they shall have mercy on them. To prosper and be blessed, they will all belong to God, and the light of heaven will shine upon them. He shall come with 10,000 holy ones to execute judgment on them, and to destroy the ungodly, and to fight with all flesh against all that the sinners and ungodly have spoken and done against them. So it's interesting. So you'll hear the word the watchers a lot. And the watchers refer to a group of angels that were charged with watching over humans. And, and like, and helping humans. And they eventually started lusting 
uh, lusting for women, had had children and became evil. So the watchers are kind of a group that God gave put in charge of humanity. And they started they became bad. But if you go back to the the Hebrewic definition of watcher, it means those who are awake. That's how it's translated. So when you read watchers, the definition, the what they're saying is those who are awake. So it's an interest it's an interesting translation because what the watchers for some reason are considered those who are awake. They're like they're kind of like half they're more humanoid than normal angels, but they're technically enlightened. Like they're they're sons of gods. So they're they're not like they're not normal angels, seraphim. Cuz you'll hear seraphim and nephilim a lot. Seraphim are like angel angels, right? But the watchers are not seraphim. They're they're a different type of angel. Kind of, something like that. Like a human angel. So this is chapter. So Enoch, enunciation of God's laws. <laughs> Take into account all the celestial events, how the light in the sky never change their course, how each rises and settle down, settles down at its time, and how each of them never violates the law. Find the world and realize. And then it, whoa. I don't even know what that means. Okay. Notice and see how in winter all the trees seem to have wilted and lost their leaves, except 14 trees which do not lose their leaves, but maintain the old leaves from two, from two to three years before the new ones arrive. Once again, I observe the summer days and how the sun is behind, the, behind it and above the surface. What the fuck is he talking about? Let's... Uh, so I think, because you know how like the Bible it will just kind of like start like randomly going off of like random stuff. Like right now he's just talking about like how he's observed the trees yeah. and observed the the days and the sun. Uh, okay, so this is he's like talking to the angels here, and he said, "Consider how green leaves cover and trees bear fruit. Understand with with reference to everything, and remember how he who lives forever has made all these things for you." It's interesting that he he says he who lives forever in reference to God there. And remember how he who lives forever. Like, it's so weird. The imagery. Like, why would he say, why would they leave that in? Why would he write that and not God or the eternal one? Or why would he write he who lives forever? Like, that's such that's just such a weird way to write that name. You know, like there has to be a meaning for it. Because when you're writing, when you're writing in your journal... Let's say you reference God, like they would. They, there's a name that would they would use, but you wouldn't you wouldn't write like a whole bunch of different names for God in your journal. You would use one, right? You would use one thing. I don't know. So maybe yeah. he's referring to something else. Is my thing. I don't he know. who lives forever has made all these things for you. How his works are before him every year, and how his work serves him and never changes. But as God hath decreed, so is all done. Consider how the rivers and seas complete their tasks together, yet you have not kept the law of the Lord, nor observe it. Nevertheless, against his magnificence, you have transgressed and spoken proud and harsh words with your unclean mouth. Heart of heart to you, you won't get quiet. For this reason, your days shall be ruined, and the years of your life you shall you devastate. The eternal curse will grow, and you will not be shown mercy. In those days, you shall make your name an everlasting curse to all the just. They'll forever curse you, the sinners, the elect shall have light and joy and peace and shall inherit the earth. So right now, Enoch was told to go from God to go to the watchers and tell the watchers this message. So, so Enoch is talking to the watchers right now who had sex with women. However, a curse will come for you, the ungodly. When wisdom is granted to the chosen, they shall all live and shall never do wrong again, either by forgetfulness or pride. That's weird that... They shall all live and shall never do wrong again. <laughs> by things that we don't. Yeah. Do. Like he, and he's saying, like he's like, they'll never do wrong again, even by forgetfulness or pride. Meaning that like, sometimes we do wrong in forgetfulness and pride. Like those are the only two ways to commit sin, which is interesting. I mean, if you break it down, I feel like that is actually true. The only two ways to commit sin are e- is either through forgetfulness or pride. They say, well, I think I think another way of committing sin is just like uh, the. But that would be forgetfulness. Animalistic. That would be unawareness. Takes over essentially, and 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 forgetfulness and unawareness unawareness, are essentially the same thing. 
Like you just, you just, you forget what you want for a second, sure. right? You just forget. And it's not, it's not, you forget, not necessarily the, the direct action, yeah. but you forget okay. yeah, I see the feeling that's, that's associated with virtue. And that's the biggest thing. So like when you, let's say, okay, I don't want to smoke yeah. weed, right? And you go a couple of days and you feel good not smoking weed and you have motivation. You have a feeling that arises inside of you. Like, okay, I don't want to smoke weed for this reason, right? There's a motivation. It's a feeling. It's an energy. But when you, but eventually you might forget that feeling. Right. And that's when sin strikes. And it's not that, okay, I, I know I don't want to smoke weed. You're not forgetting the, maybe the action, but you're forgetting the actual feeling associated with it, which is more powerful than anything else, I would guess. Um. And those in possession of that yeah. wisdom will be humble. They shall never again do that which is false. Neither, neither shall they be punished in all their days. Neither shall they die of wrath or oh, wrath. <laughs> Yet they'll be completing their life's amount of days. And their lives will increase in serenity. And the years of their life will increase in joy and everlasting peace. The rebellion of the heavenly watches. Preface. That is the fallen angel's story. The beginning is almost similar to that of Genesis. Uh, okay, so this is a preface. It came to pass when men's children had multiplied, and beautiful and comely daughters were born unto them in those days. And the angels, the children of the heavens, looked after them and lusted after them, and said to one another, Come on, let us choose wives from among the children of men, and beget us children. Semayas, the leader of them, said to them, I fear that you will not consent to do this thing, and I alone have, will have to pay the penalty of a great sin. And they all answered him, saying, Let us all swear. There were, there were 200 who descended upon the Mount Hermon in the days of Jared, and they called it Mount Hermon because they had sworn and bound themselves upon it by mutual something. And these are the leaders' names. And so it goes off to literally name the angels. It's so weird how they're, they're describing it. Why would they do that? If this was a fake, right? If this was bullshit, why would, they, why would they do that? It's so weird. It's such a weird story, right? Yeah. It's bizarre. It's, it's really bizarre. Like, and they bound themselves and they're like talking about how they were scared. Sure. I guess that you could make that up in the story. And then there, these are the leaders names. These are the heads of their tents and they all rest took wives together and they chose one for themselves and they went unto them and defiled themselves with them. And they taught them charms and enchantments and root cutting and made them familiar with the plants. Wait, 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 root cutting. Yes. Think of this is what they said. Oh, and they went on to them. Yeah, yeah, I, it's drugs. Immediately goes to psychedelics. Yeah, a hundred, hundred percent. And and here, wait until you see, see what uh, God talks says to him. He's like, hey, they weren't ready for this shit. And he says, and they taught them charms and enchantments. That's another weird one. Charms and enchantments, like, and root cutting and making them familiar with the plant. Like, okay, so we should have already been familiar with the plant. So why would they say that? One, you could go, they, you could go agriculture. Maybe they taught them agriculture. Um, no, root cutting. Root cutting. Well, like, no, root cutting. Root cutting would be psychedelics, but making them familiar with the plants to me sounds like agriculture. Because those, are, those no. are two things. No, making them familiar with the plants. I mean, oh, there was a podcast I was just listening to. Uh, Rogan had this guy on who was talking about all of the like the um just like the history of psychedelics inside different um religions modern religions but like the history of psychedelic usage in like even christianity and all kinds of other things and the usage of like even marijuana and stuff like that i don't know it just seems like i i doubt i just doubt it i bet it's i bet it's you know a lot of the things that were kind of the stepping stones from regular humans to like people who would be considered spiritually awake or divine in a lot of circumstances those things were like were psychedelics and were like marijuana and stuff like that okay so listen to this next part so they they made them familiar with the plants they taught the women and then they got pregnant and gave birth to great giants whose height was 3,000 L's. You want to know how tall 3,000 L's is? 
10,000 feet. Think about that. 3,000 elves is 10,000 feet. Right, so but I mean, ten thousand feet. Ten thousand feet is that's close to. I mean, that's like no, it's not even close to a mile. That's not that tall. It's like a mountain. No, ten thousand feet. Ten thousand feet is a mountain, dude. Oh yeah, that's a big mountain. Yeah, that's big. That is big. I mean, all right. And then it says the biggest mountains in Colorado are fourteeners or fourteen thousand feet. And then it says, when men could not sustain them anymore, the giants turned against them and devoured mankind. And they began to sin against animals and beasts and against creeping things and fish and flesh to devour one another and blood to drink. Then the world laid the charge against the lawless ones. Whoa. Then it says, Is that like a pre- prerequisite to the flood? Type this is, yeah, this is, this, is, um, this is Noah's great-grandfather. Is yeah. Um, then it says Azalezel taught people. He's one of the leaders. Taught Azalezel, people how to make spears and daggers and helmets and breastplates and coins of gold. He taught them the manufacturing of mirrors and the art of making bracelets and ornaments, and the art of makeup, making up eyes, and beautifying eyelids and the most precious stones and all sorts of color shades. And it changed the world. Great ungodliness and fornication existed. Women began to act wickedly, and many went astray, and their ways became corrupt. Semyaza taught all those who cast spells and cut roots. Amoros, losing spells. Berekulil taught astrology. One taught omens. One taught sun signs. And Astradiel taught the moon's direction. At the death of people, they cried out, and their cries touched heaven. Michael and Gabriel, Raphael and Uriel, looking down from heaven, saw the blood that poured out from upon heaven and the earth and all the evil that was done upon the earth. And they said to one another, let the destroyed world weep with the sound of their voice to the gates of heaven. Now do you, O holy ones of heaven, men's soul lament, saying, take counsel from the most powerful. And they said unto their king, their master, master of lords, gods of gods, king of kings. Your majestic throne endures. Honor and praise your name for any gener- every generation of the world. You have created all things, and yours is in the control of everything. Everything in front of you is revealed and open, and you see everything. Nothing can be hidden from you. See, therefore, what Azazel has accomplished, how he has taught all evil on earth and exposed the everlasting secrets created in the house. Think of what he's saying. So he says, how he has taught all evil on earth and exposed the everlasting secrets created in the house. So he's like pretty much saying, dude, this guy gave away all of our secrets, which is a weird thing for an angel to say, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me know if you're getting bored. We don't have to do this. Uh, Samyaza so has no, no, no. To whom you gave authority to rule over the. They lived together with men's daughter, lay with them, became unclean, and revealed to them these sins. And these women brought forth giants. And for this reason, the whole earth has filled with blood and iniquity. Now the souls that are dead cry out and weep at the gates of heaven. That's an interesting imagery. And their lamentation has gone up. Yeah, right? And they shall not go out in the light of iniquity that is done upon earth. Before it happens, you know everything, and you know that and what awaits each of them. But you just don't tell us anything. What are we supposed to do with them about this? (laughs) That turned into, like, it's like, and this, and this, and the heaven's gates, and those. And then at the end, it's like, but you just don't tell us anything. What are we supposed to do? <laughs> like an angel. The fucking Raphael and the most powerful angel. <laughs> the most high speaks. Then spoke the highest, the great and the holy one, and sent Uriel into Lamech's son and said unto him, so Lamech's son is Enoch, and said unto him, tell him in my name, hide thyself, and reveal to him that the end is coming, for the whole earth is about to be destroyed. A great flood is about to come upon the entire earth and it will kill everything that is therein. Now teach him to run and to survive his offspring for all the world. Wherever the Lord said to Raphael, bind Azazel with his hands and feet and cast him into the darken, darkness. Break open the desert in Dedalio and dump him in there. <laughs> Throw penetrated him with sharp stones and, fill him in the, and filled him with darkness. 
Let him stay in it forever and cover his ears so that he can never see the sun. What? <laughs> and cover his ear so that he can never see the sun. Whoa. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, bitch, cover those <laughs> that he may never gonna see the sun. And then he says, and that he may be hurled into fire on the great day of judgment. Restore the earth ruined by angels, and they and they mark earth's reconstruction. I will rebuild the earth. Okay, 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 okay. Hold on. I think I need to get a copy of this. Um, Here, do so you have a computer in front of you? you? I don't. Fuck. I'm about to buy a laptop though. Because I'm going to be taking classes next semester. Okay, there's um. It, do you do you have Kindle downloaded? Uh, yes. Just open that up. I have it on my Kindle. I'm reading it online. I have to re-log in. Uh, I can give you the shit. Fucking shit show. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of hard to read. I'll read it out loud, and you just kind of follow along. It's re- it's tough. To be, to be honest, it's a little tough to follow. I'm trying to keep up these giants, fucking, fucking. Over I mean, the world. what has what has happened so far? Tell me what what you've angels, heard has happened. Basically, a bunch of angels made women pregnant. Yep. The angels are bad guys, and then the heavens locked. And there's giants everywhere, and there's blood. And like this one guy came up, and he like taught the world about spears and like. <laughs> gems and like all this different shit but like women are messing up they're like fornicating like everybody's fucking each other and there's just a lot of bloodshed people are dying all over the place and the flood's about to come and yeah that's basically what i got so far you're pretty close yeah it's uh it's pretty aggressive and also cover people's ears apparently and they won't go (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's pretty fucking amazing you ask me that's pretty badass. I, I like how he like he like goes on these like flowing like imagery like patterns, and then it'll just come back to it. It'll be like, please help. Me. Yeah, right. God, I need help. You're not helping us with anything. All right, actually, I say we end the podcast there. We're at an hour, and we'll pick up uh, next week where we're at. Down. I'll mark it. All right, all right, dog. Bet. Hey, hey, get on Rocket League for like two minutes. I gotta go, anyways. Okay. All right.